Improve it, peeps. So, my goodness, I am so excited for today's show. I am Erin Deal. And if you're new here, just know that on paper, I am the founder and CEO of Improve It. I am an improv comedy expert. I am a top 1% podcast host, author, and keynote speaker. But I'm soul, y'all. I'm mom. I'm a recovering fluencer. Now, let me say that again. I'm a recovering perfectionist turned fluencer. Look at me just failing left and right. And I'm your new director, my friends, because every single day of your life is an improv scene. So if you're new here, welcome to the show. I am so excited that you found us. And if you found us, just know it is not by mistake. You are meant to be here. If you are an Improve It peep, Welcome back to version 4.0 of this podcast. I am so excited that you're here. And just a few quick housekeeping items as we get into today's show. My new book, I See You, A Leader's Guide to Energizing Your Team Through Radical Empathy, is available for pre-order. If you're ready to pre-order, do it now. It comes out February 20th, but you can go on my new website. It's erindeal.com and get your copy. And then there's also a space there for you, my amazing peeps who know and love the show. If you want to dive a little bit deeper and get some more insights into what the book's about, you can get a free digital workshop built in conjunction with the book called Radical Empathy. Uh, all you have to do is go to itserendeal.com, put in your receipt number for the book, and then it is going to send you a email with the Radical Empathy Digital Workshop free for you. It is led by me. We'll get to know each other on a more intimate level, and it's absolutely free when you pre-order. Again, just go to itserendeal.com to get yours. And here's one more exciting thing for you. There is also an eight-track meditation album built in conjunction with this book. It is called I See You, the meditation album. And I don't know if you could believe that this nasal twang voice could be soothing, but I promise you that it is. Uh, There's so many tracks there to help you start your mornings with more intention, help you visualize your ideal day, give you positive vibes, and just help you create more rest in your life. So again, you can go to itserendeal.com to get yours. And the best part is, We've priced it at 11, 11 angel numbers. So take this as your sign to get your meditation album now. So lastly, if you missed last week's episode of the show, episode 212 called Brewing Balance, Reimagining Caffeine, Alcohol, and Work, go back and listen to that show before listening to today's show. 
we're going to actually talk a little bit about what I talked about in episode 212 in this episode with Jason, but it's all about how I started to have more balance in my life when it comes to caffeine, alcohol, and work. So we all look, we need all the self-love we can get. And this show is packed full of tangible tips to help you give to yourself first so you can give to others. And speaking of self-love, that is our theme for the month of November. And today's guest is going to dive even deeper into that concept. Oh my God, y'all. Jason Redman is a retired Navy SEAL. He is a New York Times and Amazon bestselling author of The Trident, Overcome, and The Point Man Planner. He has defied the odds multiple times, which you'll hear about today, from leadership failure back to redemption and respect, to being shot eight times, including around to the face. Jason is the epitome of the overcome mindset he teaches, and now he motivates and inspires audiences across the country with his remarkable journey of leadership and redemption through motivational speaking, through workshops, through personal coaching courses, and even a TEDx talk. He has merged all of these lessons into relatable content, teaching others how to become their own point man for life, get off the X and overcome all. Y'all, there's literally no words for how inspirational this show is. Jason is walking the walk. So let's get to listening him do this with this amazing conversation with Jason Redman. Okay, you everybody, just so you know, we're in for a treat. I am thrilled. I am honored. I am shooketh. We have Jason Redman on the Improve It podcast today. The crowd what up, what up? All right. What's up, everybody? Oh my God, welcome to the Improve It podcast. Thank you for being here. Honored to be on. Thank you, Aaron, for having me and finding me and and uh, stalking me. Yes, we stalked and we said, please come many times. Yep. And then here you are. Here you are. So thank you. You're welcome. And I will tell you, stalking was fun. There was There's an interesting story there. And there's so much that I feel like you can give to our audience. And so everyone, you're welcome. Okay. You're welcome for the story. <laughs> but I'm thrilled to have you on the show. It's November. We're talking about self-love and you have just inspired so many people with this idea of self-love. Before we get started, is there one word, a one word intention that you could set for yourself to guide us through this conversation today? Is there one word that comes to mind? Well, my main word is overcome. That is my favorite word. It is everything that I, I believe in, that I stand for. It is to be human is hard. Uh, we're always going to have problems. There's always going to be adversity. Um, we live in a world that is, is moving at light speed. Uh, information, people, things, business, everything. Uh, and it's easy to get lost. It's easy to get lost. So we have to overcome those problems. But we also... Like you said, we have to take care of ourselves. So overcome is my word. I love it. And I think that's a perfect word to guide us today. I want to talk about self-love. What do you, When you think of those 
hyphenated words. Okay, because they are hyphenated. What comes to mind for you? I think self-love is you've got to, you have to leave the most important thing. I talk about leadership a lot. And, and most people, when they think of leadership, they think about our ability to influence other people. And there's a lot of truth to that. Our leadership is largely that. But what people lose the mark on is the most critical part of leadership. And how I teach leadership is 75%, 70 to 75% of leadership is your ability to lead yourself. So in order to lead yourself, you've got to set goals. You've got to create structure and discipline in your life. You have to do the things to take care of yourself, to make sure you're the best version of yourself as a leader so that you're confident in yourself. That in turn enables you to lead others. So what does that mean? Well, in some ways, you got to be really good with your time management. You got to say no to a lot uh, because there's going to be a lot of things that are distractions. And some people think, oh my God, you know, what a big meanie. I asked them to do this and they said, no. Well, yeah, I mean, um, you know who's phenomenal at this? Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise is a friend. Gary Sinise says no to so many things. Even me, I've asked him to do things. I'm an ambassador for his organization. I'll be like, Gary, would you be willing to do this? He's like, Jay, I love you, man, but no. No. He's like, no. it's just, I, I don't have the bandwidth. That's self-leadership. It's recognizing this is the bandwidth of the things that I need to take care of. I have personal, professional, and physical. These are three buckets. And I only have so much time. So if I say yes to everything else, it, it starts to eat away at the things that I need to get done in those three buckets. And I think that's critical. Um, I think it's something that everyone struggles with. So if my definition of self-love is lead yourself, make sure you're getting the things done in your life you need to get done. You need to get done. Oh my God, I love it. And I like that you, you called it self-leadership. Instead, it is. That's what it is. It's literally guiding yourself through discipline to love yourself more. So, okay. I have listened to several podcasts that you've been on. I have, I stalked you, as you know, did some stalking yes. just to prepare for this and to get Thank you, you on the show. It, it was great. It was great. Okay. You're a great stalker. Thank you yeah. so much. I'm going to add it to my I mean, If anybody could stalk me, thank you. You're, yes. And thank, good. Okay. I'm glad we got here. But I will tell you, in the stalking, I found so many stories. And when thinking about today, I was like, where do we start? Where do we go? So when you think of your journey to self-love, if somebody never met Jason Redman until today, how would you tell somebody you got to this place? Because you are a person that has a lot of self-love. You can't teach self-love and self-leadership without having it. And and sometimes, you know, this is why I teach a lot about failure because I had to overcome it. And through teaching, I was learning how to overcome it. So how did you get to this place of self-love and self-leadership? If you could give us like the cliff notes version, because I know there's so many amazing stories. What would you say is one of the ones that guided you the most here? Uh, I'm a big failure. I mean, and I am not afraid to talk about it. And I think that's an interesting thing. Most people are afraid to talk about their failures. They're insecure, um, whether they want to admit it or not. I don't care how confident you are uh, or how arrogant you are. If you're unwilling to talk about your failures, then that's still a sore spot. And maybe you didn't really learn from it. Instead, you want to hide it. Uh, I failed at a very high level. I, uh, I almost got myself kicked out of the SEAL teams from poor leadership when I was a young junior officer. 
and uh, and kept doubling down instead of yeah, people were trying to give me advice, but my arrogance and my ego got in the way. And uh, I would double down and just only listen to myself. You know, I'm, I'm right. And recognizing I was still failing and making mistakes. And um, the double down with, uh, you know, uh, self-medication with alcohol, which then only made things worse because then I got known as a drunk. And all of that culminated with a bad call on a mission in Afghanistan in 2005 that almost got me kicked out of the SEAL teams. I hit rock bottom, like gun in my mouth in a chair in Afghanistan, rock bottom. Thankfully, I didn't make that decision. And I had some individuals who believed in me uh, who said, we think you have the ability to be a great leader. But in order to do that, here, here's the path you're going to have to walk. And it was the hardest road I've ever walked. It took about two and a half years to build back not only my own self-confidence and, and belief in myself, but obviously I had to build back the, the confidence and respect and credibility with my teammates after making those mistakes. Hardest road I've ever walked. But it's made me very, um, to have very strong convictions in who I am. And I no longer worry about that. I mean, don't get me wrong. We all have the little doubts and the little demons in our head. But I think what separates me from a lot of people is even though I may still have those doubts sometimes, it never stops me from going after what I believe in or what I think is a good idea. I could care less what the naysayers and the haters have to say because I've been through that walk. I've walked through the valley of naysayers and haters, and they don't mean nothing. So that is probably one of the most powerful things. Uh, so my story is failure, redemption, uh, catastrophic injury, and recovery. Uh, and there's a love story woven all the way through that whole story. So okay, there's the cliff so note. I, I want to touch on that. Erica, Erica is your wife? The long-haired admiral, Erica. Okay, tell us how your wife played a role in your recovery. And if you could tell us just what happened in a high level as well, and then how she played this role. I know it's high, I know it's hard to do. She's a real pain in the butt. She's in the other room. <laughs> hey, Erica. Hey, Erica. We're talking about you literally behind your back, but it's good. It's no, good. Um, you know, we sit, we often say it. You hear it in society behind uh, every great man is a, is a great woman or partner. Uh, I don't even think it's behind. I think it's beside. That is the critical thing. And for uh, Erica or the LHA, long haired Admiral and I, we have walked side by side through our whole journey. And she, um, she's all, she's woven all the way through my first book, the Trident. And, uh, because it was critically important to show this, what our military spouses go through, but also how she was so instrumental in, in, in my entire journey from my failure as a young leader. She was right there with me, um, supporting me, um, encouraging me. Uh, to my catastrophic injuries in the hospital. She was my best nurse. She was ferocious, making sure that I was taken care of. Um, you know, when they sent me home, I was a hot mess, man. I was in a wheelchair. I had metal hardware coming all out of my body. I was trached. I'm wired shut. Um, uh, they're feeding me through a stomach tube. And, you know, we had young kids. We had a two-year-old, uh, uh, five-year-old and, and an eight-year-old. And then they sent home this man-child, this man-baby uh, for her to take care of. And she never, ever batted an eye. Never. Uh, always positive, always encouraging, kept our family moving forward. 
And, uh, and it's just continued from there. We've always just been together the way we raise our kids, the way she's committed to my military career. After my military career, we, we launched our own business, a nonprofit. We navigated those waters together. Um, we now running our own businesses together. Um, and, and it's just constant communication, shared dreams, attacking problems together. Um, so it's been an amazing journey. She is incredible. Um, so much so, I'm super excited. We signed a deal with HarperCollins earlier this year for our relationship book that will come out February 25 called Invincible Marriage. And uh, we have defied all the odds. We, we um, uh, 21-year military career together in, in special operations, 90% divorce rate for us. Uh, wounded warrior, uh, 85 to 90% divorce rate. We, we run our own business together. Uh, we've had major, uh, major catastrophic things in our business and we've overcome them. I mean, those are three things that'll take down a marriage by themselves right there. And, uh, we have been through them. So, so many people have said, how have you guys done it? We finally wrote it all down. I'm excited for her to get out there, uh, get her on stages telling her story. so that is awesome. Congratulations. That is huge. So can go to, and you said February, 2025. That's when we that's right. release date. Okay. Have, so you wrote it. it might come in- out on Valentine's day. Oh, so I'm just yes. saying hypothetically, you know, for yes. all you, for all you lovebirds out there. <laughs> and we got some, we got some out there. So wait, let me ask you this. Would you have you wrote the book? Has it already been written and it's being edited? Are you writing it? No, we're still writing. We're still writing. So we we've gotten all laid out and we're still writing. We've got a friend that's helping us write. If any of you are writing a book, I've written this is now my fourth book. Um, having someone that helps you is huge. I'm a good writer, but um, having an editor and writer to help you or a ghostwriter to help you, I mean. They don't write the book. You obviously have to do a lot of writing and a lot of work, but they help you with the structure. They help you lay out your ideas correctly. They help you with the flow so that, you know, it's it's a team collaborative effort. So, yeah, we'll, we, uh, we will turn the manuscript in in March. So we're still working oh, on it now. That is so exciting. I just, just so you know, Jason, I am launching a book in February 2024. So I have been Ooh. through this phase. Well, yeah. It is. We may need to help each other. We might need to help each other. I feel like this is this is good. This is happening. We're making this happen. Yeah. I'm feeling the manifesting right now. I love yeah. it. But I I know. I mean, I'm sure from a relationship perspective, my book is a is a leadership book based on self love. But I'm you know talking about some personal stuff in there as well. It's like standing naked on stage singing Celine Dion ballads. Like that's what I feel like releasing it into the world. And I'm sure that's probably, you've already written four, but I'm sure a relationship book is even more, you know, personal. Yeah. Cause we talk about the hard part, but the Trident, I felt that when I released the Trident there, there are, uh, I love the fact that when people read the Trident, they will say, wow, if they don't know my story at all, what they say is that's not what I expected because most military special operations books are about the highlights of someone's career, you know, the exploits of combat. And I did all these amazing heroic things. And then they read my book and it's like, ah, effed up. <laughs> and, uh, and they're like, whoa, what happened here? But people relate to it. And yes. I love that. But when I released it, I was, I will admit I was scared. I was like, oh, how is this going to go? Are people just going to throw me under the bus and be like, 
uh, but it but it didn't. So, Aaron, congrats to you. I tell people, talk about your failures. Whenever I interview someone for a job, that's one of the big questions I always ask. How did you fail? Uh, tell me about a time you majorly failed. And if they give me some BS answer, like, well, one time I lost my pencil and I had to find another pencil and that was a really hard time. I really messed that up. I'm like, what? Like, yeah. I want to hear like ground shattering, you know, that one time I lost millions of dollars yes. for the company and was fired. Yes. And I had to go reinvent myself. That tells me so much more about someone than whatever successes they have written. Oh my God. Preach, Jason. Okay. You want to know a fun fact just real quick and then I'm coming back to you. Um, this it. podcast, the, the original name was called The Failed It Podcast. We had 50 episodes of the Failed It podcast. It was a little bit of foreshadowing, if I'm being honest. And then we changed it to the name of, of Improve It, the company I run. And it, you know, things changed. Uh, but I will tell you, I love that you, I love that you lean into it. I call it fail fluencing. You're influencing failure. And it just really makes me so happy that you were vulnerable enough to share your story, to come on shows like this to step on the stages and to talk about it because every single person listening has their own version of a story that they can see themselves in your story. And it's, you're just making people feel less alone and to help them overcome, which is your, your intention. And I love it so much. Aaron, your podcast. So next year, your podcast, and I mean, you're reaching the level that you're going to change the name again, and it's going to be called killing it. Y'all watch out, okay? You're not because we call the audience the improve it peeps. It's gonna be the killer. <laughs> it's gonna know, be the killer. Same tone. I don't know. Uh, you know maybe, maybe people aren't one. ready for that. Jason, we're gonna have <laughs> you back on to workshop that one. Okay. We're gonna need to workshop the name of the audience, but I like the title and I love that. Thank you. Because could be slaying it and the slayer. That's oh, it. Yeah. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Maybe we'll just change it for like the holidays and it could be like slay less S L E I G H I N G. I don't know. But um, okay. Here's the deal. I'm excited to talk to you about self-love because you really do embody it in everything you do. And I love that you called it self-leadership. So I know, you know, obviously you're a Navy SEAL, you were a Navy SEAL. So how in that time period, we're going to take a step back. How, how in that time of your life did you maintain a healthy sense of self-love and composure? in such a high stress environment. Are there any techniques that you could give our audience of people leaders that could help them in their day to day? Aaron, I don't think I did when I was younger. Um, when I was younger, I didn't do a very good job of taking good care of myself. Um, I leaned way too hard into work, uh, into, um, you know, probably way too much. Uh, the military is a, a, a hard drinking community, and I probably embraced that way too much. Uh, um, nutrition nor sleep were anything that I ever really did a whole lot with. Um, so it was only later, especially after I made those mistakes, where I really got deep into self-development and self-leadership and what are the things that are going to make me the best version of myself. And um, I didn't know these terms at the time, but when I wrote my second book, Overcome, I got deep into, I had, to, I had to peel back the onion and be like, wow, what made me successful? What were the tools that I put in place and actually to dissect all that? 
And one of the things I realized was, you know, you were out of balance before that happened, but you got more balanced in five key areas. And the five key areas that I talk about are areas that I encourage every leader to put time and effort into. So this this would be self-love or self-leadership, however you want to describe it. But those five key areas are what I call the Pentagon of peak performance. If you want to achieve peak performance in your life as a leader, as a as a parent, as a business owner, whatever it is, make sure you're putting time and effort in these five key areas. Number one, physical leadership. So that is um, sleep. Uh, a lot of us, we, we don't prioritize sleep. And I meet a lot of people who are only getting, you know, five hours or less. That's hor- horrible for you. Science is proving that not only is it horrible, it is uh, exponentially unhealthy. Um, the, the You need a minimum of six to seven hours or greater um, to flush out the the damage that has occurred in your cells during the day. So if you're not getting that, guess what? You're you're exponentially higher risk for cancer, for heart disease, for diabetes, for stroke, all these different things, just by not getting enough sleep. So sleep, nutrition, eat good food, guys. Eat good foods. We live in a world where processed foods are are so easy to get and we've become this diet, but it's really bad for you. And and uh, number three, move your body. This amazing machine can do incredible things. I'm 48. I've been all banged up. I'm like, I'm like the Magnum PI GTO, <laughs> except it's been wrecked and smashed and the frames bent. And I'm, I've had like 67 paint jobs and the tires are balder than a bald man. Like, uh. like, so, uh, so I definitely try and make it a high priority to move my body and take care. And then the last one is optimization. Um, thankfully, we live in a day and age where technology really enables us to optimize ourselves. Know, know your resting heart rate. Know what your blood pressure is. Uh, get your blood panels done, you know, at least twice a year. And, and we, we, I work with a company, Core Medical Group, that helps me optimize my hormone levels so I feel the best. You know, this wrecked Ferrari, you know. I mean, maybe I can't compete with a 2024 Ferrari, but I do okay. You do great. So. You do great. I, I mean, okay. So, and I'm having just full transparency to our team here. I'm having a technical issue, but there she is. She's back. So, okay. Let me tell you this. All those five things, I feel like there are things that we hear to do all the time, but we just, they're easier said than done. And I remember listening to you on another show and you were talking about sleep. And you're talking about the people who are part of the 5am club who just are like, I get up early to exercise and eat well, and then I'm only getting five hours of sleep. They're missing the point, right? Because I think a lot of people like overachievers, they're like, I want to be this early riser. I want to wake up and do all those things. And the sleep part is one of the things that could benefit them if they just did that only the most, right? It is true. Uh, it would benefit you tremendously, or it would give you an exponential return on your workouts and your nutrition and optimizing your hormones. Because you can do all three of those things, but if you're not getting good sleep, you're wasting your time in the gym. You're wasting that good food because uh, your your body doesn't have the time to to um, heal itself and grow and repair. So. Yeah. And guys, I'm guilty. I mean, I try, my goal is to get seven hours of sleep at night. Frequently, I, I, I run an, uh, an insane schedule. Uh, I will do over a hundred events this year. So I'm, I live on it. I often say airlines live to, uh, to mess with my sleep. I honestly think like, I think Delta and American and United 
I think they have a little thing like, hey, hey, let's delay this flight so Jay Redman only gets three hours of sleep tonight. <laughs> like it's one of their goals. I'm convinced of it. But, but physical leadership, mental leadership. So read, challenge your beliefs, constantly be consuming knowledge. Never accept that if someone comes and tells you something, don't accept it as fact, especially in this crazy world we're living in. Go research, research it yourself and flex your mental muscles. So mental leadership, social leadership. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, emotional leadership. How well do you manage your emotions? How well are you aware and, and project that positivity? Not allowing your emotions to drive your decision making. You drive your decision making and you learn how to regulate your emotions. This is my hardest one. Wait, I can struggle we, can with this. Can we stop on this one? Can we dive yeah. on this one? Because I need a tip for that because that literally, I'm selfishly, I'm sorry. I, I look to my microphone like people are there. Uh, this one is for me. Okay. And hopefully y'all can, y'all can take something away. So what is something right there with the emotional leadership that if you're in the middle of a meeting, and somehow your blood, you know, when your blood starts to like rise and you feel the anxiety and your, your armpits get really sweaty. Like I literally felt like I was having a small heart attack and I was like, oh, I'm so frustrated right now. And I, I was disappointed in myself in the way that I showed up in that meeting. What was, is there a tool that you could give me specifically that can help our audience to calm down in that? Uh, so one, one is awareness. I mean, you know, we can't, totally change who we are. We can get better at it. Emotionally, I'm the same, Aaron. I've, I've had those moments in meetings where I'm ready to explode, you know, the social hand grenades about to go off. And, uh, and thankfully, I try and catch myself. And if I know, I call it the, tea, the, the teapot. I, we all know when a teapot, if you're watching water boil, it's little bubbles, and then it becomes bigger bubbles. And then they're the great big violent bubbles. And if it's in a teapot, that's when it starts to whistle. That steam is accumulated to cause it to whistle. We don't want to ever let it whistle. When I whistle, that means I just exploded on someone. And that, that, that damages your credibility as a leader. And not only, not only that, it, 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 we all feel stupid when we do it. You walk away afterwards and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe that. You know, I mean, so I frequently, if number one, if I recognize that's happened, I'll, I'll step out. I'll just say, hey man, I'm an, I need to go take a break. I'll be back. I'll go outside, I'll walk, I'll do things to try and bring down my 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 boiling water at that point. If I can't walk away, then I'll try and do some breathing exercises. Uh, if, you, if you look up box breathing, that's a good thing. You're, you're supercharging your brain with oxygen and, and, and getting a paced breathing that helps manage our heart rate, and our emotional state. So those are things that I will do. Working out helps out tremendously for me. Um, your cortisol levels and your adrenaline build up if you're not working out, if you don't. So if A, if you've had bad sleep, B, you're not working out, diet plays a part in all of this, um, th they're going to be higher. So if you work out every day, it helps manage those things. You're actually going to be able to manage and regulate your emotions better um, if you're taking care of yourself. So that's why I always tell people physical leadership is number one. Talk yeah. about self-love. You should be prioritizing your physical leadership almost above everything else. I love it. Okay, I'm very curious. This is just pure curiosity. What is your like what is your workout routine? Like what do you do for that physical leadership? So I used to do a lot of um really hardcore workouts, but I'm getting older and and science isn't necessarily saying that's the best. I mean, if you 
if you look at some of these people, you know, cross the CrossFitters that are out there, it's just hit exercises every day. Um, strength training, it's a combination for me of strength training, functional fitness, uh, long form cardio, and then usually once a week, I'm, I'm putting in some hit type cardio. Uh, for me, that's either running, rowing, or swimming. Uh, but oftentimes, it's at a much slower pace. So sometimes if I'm swimming, I may swim for an hour, but all I'm doing is spinning. You know, I'm laying on my back and my heart rate's only about 120, 125, but I'm maintaining that heart rate that entire time. And scientists and, and medicine is proving that that is significantly better for you over the long run for cardiovascular health. It may not, you know, if you're working on improving if you want to run faster, improve your, your cardiovascular performance, then yes, you are going to have to push yourself uh, and, and do some more of that HIIT training. But I'm not doing a whole lot of that anymore. I'm trying to maintain, my, maintain myself at the highest level. I want to look good. I want to feel good. And when I do the New York swim or if I do the Murph, I want to be able to perform those things and, and do okay. That's awesome. I know. I'm, I'm 40. And I feel like it's like now I'm just like if I could just – go outside and walk for 30 minutes. Like it, that, that does a difference too. You know what I mean? It's like, I used to think I had to like sweat for 30 minutes to an hour and, you know, be like heart breathing. But I really think it's just getting outside and moving in some way, shape or form. It's so inside. true. And something is always better than nothing. If all you can do is 10 minutes every day, then good, do it. Most people will be like, oh, I don't have time because I don't have an hour. Man, I frequently... Um, even this morning I had a lot going on and, uh, I was like, I got to get a workout in. So, I mean, it wasn't normally a workout for me as an hour to an hour and a half, depending on what I'm doing. But this morning it was only about 30 minutes, but that's the time I had. So instead of saying, oh, I don't have the time, I'm not going to do it. Make time. That's self-love. That's self-love. That's self-love. And I went, okay. And that makes, you know, total sense to me. And I think a lot of people listening, I hope that you take that away, that you realize that a just being kind to yourself and giving yourself movement is in the form of a walk can change the course of your day. It can make you calmer in those meetings. It could just change your body chemistry. And you are, you're giving us so much good information, Jason. I want to talk a little bit more about just. Can I, can I throw one, Darren? Let me throw one yeah. last thing in on physical leadership, sleep and all these things. Alcohol is a oh. killer. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, I'm not someone that I have friends, you know, you have the extremists out there now. They're like, I've given up alcohol forever. You know what? I like having a drink, man. Me too. I yes. like, yeah. Yes. So I'm probably never, I'll go through periods where I'll stop drinking. Maybe if I am training hard for something, but I, I will say you need to be very careful of if you need to perform, like you need to do something well the next day, I would work on cutting alcohol out, you know, uh, early you like maybe a glass of wine no later than five o'clock because it is going to impact your sleep and alcohol is a depressant so it's going to affect your emotional state for believe it or not actually a couple of days so and that's a hard thing for many of us because we all want to deal with stress so it's natural to self-medicate have a, a, we, we all like it it makes us feel a little better but i would be very careful regulating it and if you're drinking every night you are supremely impacting your sleep and your body's ability to uh, optimize. It's impacting your physical gains from any of the workouts you're doing. So uh, I've cut way back. I'm never going to totally cut yeah. it out, but I, so. amen. you know, and let me say this. 
I just actually did an episode on it recently. Short version, had a concussion this summer and it it really, it was, I had uh, post-concussion syndrome. And so I had to really reevaluate a lot in my life because I didn't have brain capacity to do a lot. And um, I definitely had to really examine my relationship with alcohol. And I realized what a crutch it has been for me in my life. So I have a lot of friends who are doctors. The now recommended amount of alcohol per week is two glasses, <laughs> but it used to be seven. Okay. So that Jason is my mind. It's seven over the course of a week, not in a day, but like if I have a couple drinks one night and no more than three at a time is my new rule. Because if I hit seven- And try and do it earlier. Try and do it earlier. So truly happy hour is a good thing because the closer you are to bedtime, the more it's going to impact. I I wear a a whoop. Uh, It's a optimization monitoring device. And I tell you what, alcohol, nothing impacts my sleep worse than alcohol. And the closer to bed that I had a drink, uh, the worse it impacts. I won't get REM sleep, which means now it's really impacting. It negates your deep sleep. So you basically go into this really light sleep state. And and that those aren't the areas you need to be to really feel the best. Totally. So. Oh, okay. And that's a good advice. Happy hour, everyone. Right. I'm a big nerd. I can get into all that stuff. No, so. I'm so into yeah. it too. And it's that's part of self-love is recognizing boundaries. Like, you know, and I heard um, Maya Angelou said this. I did not say this, but she said, everything in moderation, including moderation. And that stuck with me for a long time because I also thought for a minute, I was like, oh, maybe I'll stop drinking. No, I love wine. I enjoy wine with food. I love it. I like a cocktail at the end of a hard day, but evaluating why I'm drinking it, is it to numb or is it to just relax and have fun? Those reasons are very different. So, you know, I could get into, that could be a, we'll have you back, Jason, for round two. alcohol episode because i could get into it too (laughs) okay we're gonna talk through that but i have i have this is where i have have two more points of the uh pentagon of peak performance i'll just blow through them yes social leadership how do you build the rings of uh uh how do you build your teams so there are four teams around us at any given time our our external work relationships these are people we work with but maybe we don't have a uh, we're not we're not necessarily friends with then we have our work acquaintances these are people we work with where we're actually friends with them then we have our close friends or neighbors or people that we spend time with outside of work and then bam the bullseye is your uh, is your direct family this is spouse partner kids mom dad brother sisters best friends uh, in this life we typically especially in Western culture, we put so much time and effort into those two outermost rings, work and work acquaintances, and we take for granted the innermost rings. Take the time to make sure you are putting time and effort into those two innermost rings because we never know when the world gets turned upside down. And I've watched a lot of uh, individuals when they go through trauma, a traumatic event, that those innermost rings, if they were taking them for granted, they break. Yeah. So that that make sure you're being intentional with your time with those innermost rings. And then the number uh, number five is spiritual leadership. What are you doing to get outside yourself? For some people, it can be faith. Um, for others, 
I would highly just encourage you to do things, whether it's meditation, breathing exercises, uh, giving back through charity, um, getting out into nature, whatever you're doing that enables you to get out your side yourself and recognize, you know, the problems you have. There's so much, there, there, there's so many more bigger problems out there in the world than what you're dealing with. If all you ever do is focus on that, that's weak spiritual leadership. Strong spiritual leadership is recognizing you're just this tiny speck in the universe. And, and, and those problems will be there tomorrow. They'll be there the next day. You may fix them. You may never not. But recognize this big, big world. You're not alone. You're not unique. And, uh, and there are other people who uh, have worse problems than you. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That and and I want to touch on the charity aspect because you have a nonprofit, Wounded Wear, right? And so not, not anymore. We not phased anymore. it down. Yeah, so we phased it down. Uh, it, obviously, there are a lot of people. It's an amazing organization. Uh, we grew it to a three million dollar organization. We help thousands and thousands of wounded warriors. Um, we provided clothing and clothing modification. We did incredible events. But in 2017, I was noticing a trend. We were losing more and more. Um, warriors to suicide. I'd lost several friends to suicide. And in 2000, um, 2017, we were gearing up for, I was running a leadership program for wounded warriors as part of our, our uh, uh, program. It was called the Overcome Academy back then. And a good friend of mine who was an EOD warrior, he had done like 26 years, a lot of combat deployments, really struggling with uh, traumatic brain injury. And uh, he was going to go through our program and he was super excited to go. And two weeks before the program, he took his life. And it was at that point that I realized, you know what, man, our organization wasn't focused on post-traumatic stress or traumatic brain injuries. And there's 26,000 veterans. There were back then 26,000 veteran nonprofits. I don't know where we're at now, but I said, you know what, I'm not going to try and pivot and recreate our own organization when there are some great ones out there already doing that. So I made the decision to phase it down in 2018. I now an ambassador with the Gary Sinise Foundation. I am on the board for Concussion Legacy Foundation, which is focused on TBI and CTE. Uh, so we are big time into research and trying to understand uh, right now um, severe TBI and CTEs, many of the veterans that are taking their lives post-mortem, including my best friend, we are finding CTE, uh, which is scarring on the actual, at a cellular level on the brain, which leads to erratic behavior, impulsive decision-making and things like this. So, uh, there's no way to, uh, diagnose it and there's no way to treat it yet. So Concussion Legacy Foundation, uh, that's one of their big initiatives is we are trying to study it and understand it. You know what? I, I asked a question that led us to like the most beautiful answer and I'm so grateful. I, I, I told you, I mean, clearly I, I, I don't have any, um, PTSD from something that has impacted me on a military level, but I had a concussion and it was a long lasting concussion that definitely challenged my mental health on a real level. And I'm so grateful as, as a survivor and somebody who's on the other side, I am so grateful because it was so eye opening to me that how little research is done on concussions. And it's so wonderful that there's an organization doing that and helping people because the, you know, I started opening up about it myself and, you know, have helped other people along the way. And I, 
just know I wish I had more people helping me through that process. And I, I'm so grateful that that exists. I wish I knew about it. Yeah, Aaron. I mean, that's a great point. If anybody has had a head injury or traumatic brain injury, or they're going through one, Concussion Legacy Foundation, go on our website, concussionlegacyfoundation.org. And we actually have uh, uh, trained uh, individuals who can answer questions and help steer you in the right direction if you're suffering from some, uh, uh, from some of the issues caused by concussion. So we have a hotline for it. That is amazing. And Jason, you just keep doing amazing things. You're a New York Times bestseller and many times, right? How many times? Uh, I'm a one-time New York Times bestseller and I am a uh, uh, Amazon bestseller with my second book. That is amazing. I mean, that's a huge, huge accomplishment. You have done so much to give back to your the world, your communities, and I'm so grateful that you are here. Is there anything that we didn't talk about when it comes to self-love that you would like to leave our audience with? If anybody out there listening is is really feeling low and could use one piece of advice from you, what would you want to give them? You know, it's a crazy world we're living in. Um, I'll finish with just two. One, um, I think what's enabled me to have a level of confidence in my life from where I've gone is I think everyone, there's a balance in this life. And most people, um, we don't know where we fall. So um, some people are naturally leaders, but they're not warriors. And some people are warriors, but they're not leaders. And some people are entrepreneurs, but they're they're neither of the other two. But I really encourage everybody to put a little time and effort into those three areas. If you want to build your confidence, you know, work on being a better leader. And, And you don't have to run a company or anything like that. If you're a parent or you just go volunteer in an organization, you can grow and flex your leadership muscles. It's a, it's a dangerous world we're living in. Train a little bit. Go go do some martial arts. Go do something that gets you out of your comfort zone. One, it builds your physical leadership. Two, it builds your mental leadership. Three, hopefully you're better prepared for the crazy, dangerous world we live in. But it'll really help build your self-confidence in yourself. It'll be amazing how much more you're willing to do. Three, become an entrepreneur. Even if you have a main job, do something else. You know, start looking at diversified income streams. It's going to build your um, financial leadership and it's going to make you realize, wow, I, instead of just depending on someone else to pay that paycheck, you know, you may still do that, but get that side hustle. Feel what it is to be an entrepreneur. It's something, it's pretty cool when you're driving your ability to bring in some additional revenue. Those three things, you will gain so much more confidence. And, uh, and I really encourage you guys to do them. You'll procrastinate. You'll say, ah, I can't, I'd like to do that, but I'm not going to do that. I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next year. And guess what? That'll turn into year after year after year after year. And take it from a guy who laid there and faced death. When you get to the end, you will think back on all those things you procrastinate and wish you did. And most of us don't get a second chance. I'm living a second chance. I looked death in the face and I said, I wish I had done this. I wish I had done that. I wish I had said, I love you more. Um, And now I am doing those things. So don't be like me. I got a second chance. Most of us don't get that, man. You got to live greatly, go after those things and go kill it. Oh my God. Okay. Well, now she's crying. We're ending the show with tears. That is amazing. And I have to tell you, like truly, 
Uh, you are a, you, the overcoming that you have done in your life and the fact that you're using the second chance to have this platform for good and to help others is so wonderful. So thank you, Jason, for coming on the show. Thank you for shedding your light. Thank you for being you and sharing your story. We are so grateful. Aaron, my honor. Much, much, much love, everybody. Say I love, love you more. Love. Need it. All you alpha, all you alphas out there, try it. All right, y'all. That episode. I forgot to even ask Jason at the end uh, where you could find him. So we are going to put all of the ways that you can reach out to Jason in the show notes. We'll put his website if you want to book him for public speaking. We'll put a link to his books and we'll put a link to his social channels. He is a light worker, my friends, and is doing such phenomenal work with leaders all across the world. So make sure if you want to know more, follow him. You can find that in the show notes. A reminder to you, my friends, if you did not listen to episode 212 about brewing balance, reimagining caffeine, alcohol, and work, do that now. Do that now because it also goes hand in hand with some of the five pentagons of leader, the five pentagon of leadership that we hear from Jason today. And you know, I like to give you a juicy piece of homework to take into next week. So here is your homework. I really loved when Jason talked about physical leadership being the thing that you have to focus on first. And if you are an OG member of the Improve It Peeps party, you know that we talk a lot about physical and mental health on this show. Here's what I want you to do. For the next week, I want you to get seven to eight hours of sleep a night. If you have an Apple Watch, you can wear an Apple Watch to bed. If you have the Whoop, if you have the Aura Ring, there's so many devices that will track you and your sleep. You don't need those. You literally just need to make sure that you are setting your alarm for seven to eight hours so that if you do anything to help inform you in your leadership style or connect with yourself and give yourself more self-love, you're starting off with rest. Rest which was our entire theme for the month of October. So if you haven't listened to those shows, go back to the shows that we list or we listed out in October because that month's intention was all about rest. And speaking of rest, I'm going to rest my voice and I'm going to tell you thank you for showing up here week after week. You are putting time, effort, and energy into yourself, which is the highest form of self-love. And I am so proud of you. I'm so grateful that you are continuing to leave reviews for the show because we are getting such amazing guests for you. And I can't wait to keep bringing them to you week after week as we continue this journey together. I am so grateful that you met me here. I hope that whatever you're doing the rest of the day, you know that you are you, that you're only, you are the only you. And that is your superpower. Let me say that again. And you know what I'm going to say? Keep failing, keep improving because this world needs that very special it that only you can bring. I'll see you next time.
Improve It Podcast.